Hi, it's Dave. Welcome to. I'm joined by Emmett Peppers. Uh, he runs the Good Soil uh, Management Fund, and he's been a frequent guest on my channel. Today, we're going to be talking about Elon Musk's appearance at Dave Chappelle's uh, comedy show in San Francisco. Was it last night, Emmett? That, yeah, it was Chris Rock and Dave yeah. Chappelle. It was a combo. They both did yeah, last night. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of news came out today saying that um, Elon was uh, booed off the stage. That's CNN's big headline. Elon Musk booed oh. off the stage at Chappelle's show. And I just realized after um, looking at your tweets yesterday that you were actually at the show um, yourself yeah. in person. So you got to see the whole show and Elon Musk's appearance. So tell me what's going on. What really happened at uh, the Dave Chappelle show there? Yeah, I mean, I just happened to get lucky. I didn't know he was going to show up. And when we were waiting outside in line, it just occurred to me, wait, didn't Elon Musk tweet like a few months ago that Chris Rock asked him to do like an opening act for him? And I was like, oh, I hope we get in in time for the opening act. He says, if, just in case Elon shows up. And, you know, then we got in later because there was such a huge crowd outside getting in. But, you know, he was I didn't think he was going to show up at all. But it was a good show. You know, Chris Rock was hilarious. Dave Chappelle kind of goes went after that and um, did much more like a freestyle, you know, uh, co comedy routine. And, um, <clears throat> at the very end, uh, he was like, yeah, uh, thanks guys. And he was like, everyone thought he was about to end and walk off. He's like, Oh, I got one more idea. He's like, I want to share with you guys. And then, <laughs> and, uh, he's like, you know, someone made something. He was like, someone made the worst investment of all time. I want to talk to you about. And then I kind of, in my head clicked right away. I was like, uh Oh, maybe Elon is coming. He's going to talk about Elon or Elon's mm -hmm. here or something. And then he's like, yeah, he's going to come up on. And he was talking and like, would you come up here, Elon Musk or whatever? And Elon Musk came up on stage um, after a few minutes. And the first minute or so, the whole crowd was so ecstatic. I mean, I was happy, but everyone around me, the whole crowd was just like cheering and whistling. It was just like pure euphoria. Like I couldn't hear any booze in that first minute. I don't know if you looked at the video, people shared a video. You weren't allowed to have cameras. They were very strict about that. That's why I was so slow getting in. They made everyone put their cameras in like this locked bag. I don't know. It's the first oh, time wow. I've seen it. Huh. They give you like this special pouch to put your mm -hmm. phones in and they lock it with some special magnet that you can only unlock it when you come out of the thing. And they uh, say like signs, like, if we see any phones, we take it from you and we kick, at, kick you out. And so most mm -hmm. people adhere to that. But I guess there was like a couple of YouTubers out of the 20,000 people that you know, they made, there's some videos that have come out today and surfaced, yeah. but it was against the venues, um, you know, security measures or whatever. And so anyway, so <clears throat> everyone was excited and there was a couple of videos that showed, and you can see in the video when you watch it, the first minute or so everyone's cheering. I, I hardly hear any booze. I don't hear any booze, but Dave Chappelle kind of like brings it out. You know, he, he's the one who's kind of like draws it out and is like, Oh, those are you booing too, huh? And like, you could tell he's just trying to egg them on and make fun of them. And then the few booers, like the 10 or 20% of the crowd, it was much quieter, the booing versus everyone cheering before that, you know, start booing. And it was from a section, like maybe the other side of the stadium or something, not, not close to me. No one in my vicinity of the hundred people around me were booing that I could tell at all. Um, but there was like a certain area where there was like some booze coming from maybe. And he was just kind of egging them on and messing with them. He was messing with the crowd a lot, like, leading up to that for the hour and a half of his routine leading up to that too. Yeah. I'll Got pause it. there. Any questions yeah. about that? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, why I'm curious, like why are all like so many media outlets characterizing Elon as being booed off the stage and having a horrendous appearance? Because from your, your experience, it didn't seem like that. Right. I mean, no, like, yeah. Um, people no, were happy. 
It was almost part okay. of the act. Yeah, Dave Chappelle was trying to draw it out and make fun of them. He was like, oh, you guys mm -hmm. are probably the people that just got fired by Elon. And he was like, <laughs> he was harassing the people that were booing. And the booers were like, boo, in the, in the corner there of the state. I don't know who, who he was talking to. And then um, uh, Elon was out there at that time, but he was kind of awkward, didn't know when to start. Like Chappelle didn't really prompt them when to start. I could tell Elon mm -hmm. must have had some bit he wanted to get out, you know, that he'd been working mm -hmm. on. You kind of tell us, you know, and uh, he was like standing there like this a lot, like ready to like, what should I, should I talk yet? You know, he's like just trying to figure out when he's supposed to enter. It's not like SNL where you're, it's scripted, you know? Yeah. So, um, but then Chappelle would get into it again and just start making fun of the booers and they'd be booing and it would be just like, all right, what do we do? And then more people came up on stage and um, it was just a little awkward, uh, I mm. would say. Um, just like, I wasn't sure when Elon was going to get a chance to really talk or when he felt comfortable to talk. Um, it just wasn't his thing to be a stand up comedian off the cuff. Like, that. you know, it's not yeah, no one's, yeah. thing, you know, it's like pure humility, <laughs> you know? So, so, uh, it was, it was interesting. Um, but it wasn't like he was booed off stage. Yeah. They listened to the booze, but it was part of Chris, it was part of part of Dave Chappelle just taunting them in a way. Yeah. And yeah. And then there, a fight broke out at one point and it, like that huh. kind of scared everyone out. That, that was later on. Yeah, I watched one of the videos and it seemed like Dave Chappelle was a little bit, um, kind of didn't know what to say at times. He was, was a bit awkward himself. Um, yeah. yeah, he was like that. That's like his act though. He was like that for the hour before that. Like there was things that were happening in the crowd. Like some girl got a drink poured on her and he like, and, and, and he tried to talk to the crowd and around her or whatever and like say, come down, I'll buy you a drink. And it would just... He just repeat himself. There was a lot of awkwardness in just Chappelle, how he does his routine. You know, personally, it's not my, th I like Chris Rock a lot better. He had like bits that mm -hmm. he would go over, you know, it organized and they were all hilarious. And Dave Chappelle, mm -hmm. half of his jokes hit, half of them were just kind of awkward, like, you know, nuanced freestyle that didn't really hit anything, you know, go anywhere. And there was a lot of that at the end there, I would say, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting stuff. I want to take a step back and ask you, ask your opinion on this. Um, I think this like CNN and other media outlets are playing with oh, oh, go ahead. into it. One other thing I want to say is the reason they can get, get this narrative out there is because you got to imagine of the, you know, 10% of the crowd or whatever that's booing Elon that doesn't like Elon at all, you know, mm -hmm. especially you're in San Francisco, who knows how many of the 3000 Twitter employees laid off are at this show or their friends and sympathizers are at this show. You know, those are wealthy people that can afford tickets to this like multi hundred dollar ticket show, you know, obviously. So there's probably some amount of them and sympathizers of just in general in San Francisco at this time, people don't like Elon. So who knows what proportion, but of those people that still use Twitter, you know, let's say a quarter of them use Twitter. Well, guess what they're going to do right when they get out of the show and get through their phones, they're going to tweet about, Oh, Elon was just boot off stage and they're going to like mm -hmm. everyone else and reach everyone else and try to get that. It'll just catch on, you know, whereas all the, you know, honest or more honest people, there's not like a catchy headline. They're going to lie and say Elon was booted off stage. They're just going to say, oh, I saw Elon at the show or they're not going to say anything really. But it's, if it's something that they know can go viral, they'll like put it out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like some of the media outlets are playing off of this um, kind of fear. I don't want to say fear, but uh, trying to play along with this idea that the public is turning against Elon more than he realizes, right? Um, yeah. Thus, he was so-called booed off the stage. But um, Elon tweeted saying that, you know, hey, 10% of the crowd, you know, booed him, whatever, yeah. you know. And it's San Francisco, right, of all places. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. um, and it seems like your 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 um, experience seems to 
collaborate or cooperate. The, yeah. You know, what part of me saying. wants to go the other direction and just like, because there's such exaggeration of him being booed off. Part of me wants to go there. She's like, no, no one was booing. Everyone was cheering. No, but there was a few people booing. I'm just being honest. Like, mm -hmm. but it was not even 25%. It was probably 10%, maybe 20% if it was like that whole section of the crowd. But I don't even think it was that whole section of the crowd. I think it was just like some people in that section that was on a, the opposite side of the stadium. Because I don't know, most of the stadium, I didn't hear booing, you know, and, and yeah. certainly not any of the vicinity that I was around and hear anyone booing. Everyone was super excited to see him come on stage. Yeah. yeah. What do you think if, what, what do you think would happen if the show was somewhere else? If it wasn't San Francisco, it was Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Elon comes on stage and it's like Atlanta, Georgia, or I don't know, yeah. Nashville, Tennessee, or somewhere else. I don't think there'd be as much booing, but there'd still be some marginal booing. I think maybe like two to 5%. I don't know. Like some of the jokes got more booze than when Elon Musk, you know, Chris Rock was like, making jokes about abortion that got way more booze than when Elon Musk was on stage, you know? So yeah, I mean, at any comedy show, you're going to get some booze here and there with the jokes, but you know, with Elon being polarizing, I think you'll get a few booze almost anywhere, but not as much, definitely more in San Francisco, but Chappelle really brought it out. Like he didn't naturally, mm. I think the booing would have stopped and Elon could have just started talking, but yeah. instead Chappelle really egged them on and was making fun of them. And like, saying, oh, yeah, you know, you guys are the ones that got fired probably and like saying other, I can't remember all the things, but he was really trying to tear them apart. <laughs> like, yeah. why don't you guys, you know, try doing something instead of boo and do something. When you're, I don't know. He's really just trying to get under their skin, but it made them boo even more, you know. Um, what, what, what's your take on kind of Elon Musk getting uh, political in a sense of taking, you know, very hard stances or strong stances on controversial issues? Um, even more recently, you know, tweeting about uh, Fauci, <laughs> yeah, and um, and really seems to have uh, triggered a certain portion of of um, society. But perhaps in the political spectrum, there there seems to be some people that are really bothered by what Elon's doing. Um, do you think? What What do you take of it? Do you think it's something that? Um, Elon should be more careful with in terms of how he says stuff, or do you think it's part of a strategy? Now I was thinking about this idea of maybe, um, you know, if he's just in the center only, there's not enough people to strongly support him. Maybe he wants some type of other side to strongly support him. Maybe he's, I don't know, maybe there's some, you know, bigger kind of chess move at, at play here. I mean, what's your take on what Elon's doing? What seems like these very, you know, aggressively political, strong stanced uh, tweets. Um, yeah. 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 I have a lot of thoughts there. I mean, in my experience, Elon knows best, you know, and um, it, I, I've, I have to trust him that he knows what he's doing. Um, but I can't help but think he's putting more targets on himself, you know, more red laser pointers on himself being this <laughs> controversial. Right. And, um, that's what I'm worried about the most is not so much him polarizing his companies. Yeah, Tesla, I, I do think Tesla's hit recently has been partly due to his political divisiveness. And I think marginal, you know, institutional owners of Tesla are like, oh, this is a little risky. Why don't we lighten up our that's, I, that's my own speculation. So I do think some of this recent stock, but if you're a long term perspective, you know, investor, it doesn't matter. In the end, the long term valuation will be able to is and this is a better discount to buy more shares or and so forth if you're a long-term term investor but just for long term 
I think he's risking the long term of what Elon, what good Elon has to offer humanity by putting more targets on himself being this polarizing right now. Like there could be crazy people at this show. Like he wasn't announced to show up at this show. So there was no, but what if like, I don't like at my first thought when there was the fight that broke out and everyone like, well, like there's a big like wow in the crowd from where the booing was and like the spotlight showed and there was a big fight. I don't know if it was the booers, someone booing was fighting someone else. I don't know. But their spotlight went on. All the people on the stage were looking at like, what's going on fighting? Dave Chappelle started making jokes about it, trying to calm everyone down as the security was trying to get hold of the situation. Um, but my first concern was like, holy crap, what if someone like had some kind of weapon, like a 3D printed gun or something, and someone tackled them and they were going to try to shoot Elon? Like, I'm just thinking like that stuff could start happening soon. You know, like people knew Elon was going to be there, for example. Right. So I don't think that's what happened there. But like these types of situations, like with how polarizing he is, there's people that want him dead. <laughs> there's yeah. crazy people out there. Enough crazy. Every time he does something controversial, there's guess what? There's a few more crazy people that want him dead and will go to different lengths to maybe try to happen, make that happen. You know, there's there's some crazy people out there. So I'm, yeah. I'm worried about that. You know, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. The we'll, we'll call it the the rise of Elon, the the political influencer. Let's say you know, it's yeah. only been the past couple of months, where probably ever since he took over Twitter, where he's been very just not just outspoken but prolific, more prolific in his tweeting, and also not yeah. afraid to take on certain issues. Combine yeah. that with these Twitter files that are coming out, and it's not just you know, shadow banning, it's not just Trump, you know, removal, it's going into now COVID and all this other stuff. And I wonder, is there anybody really more politically influential than Elon Musk right now? Like he has just yeah. kind of skyrocketed to the top of the political, you know, food chain or something. Um, yeah. Where it's like, he's really become um, a major force in the political kind of debate and discussion. Um, I don't know, I think on one side, you know, I do understand kind of the fear or the concern of Elon getting taken out by some crazy person. But on the on the other side, I feel like he he understands that someone needs to speak out and someone needs to do something about what's going on. Thus, he's willing to take that risk. And even if he gets taken out, it's worth it because he's modeled what needs to be done. You know, like mm. in a sense, and so, um, in a way, he's already calculated the the pros and cons of what he's doing. the odds and probabilities. Yeah, yeah, and I think him, I think he does probably tend to err on the side of being a bit too, let's say, overly outspoken slash not um, carefully worded enough to whatever you know, not anger people. But I think part of it is. Um, the value where he sees like, well, people being quiet and kind of letting it all happen um, yeah. is part of the problem, right? And so he'd rather speak out and err in speaking and at least set a model of, of you know, not fearing retribution. Free speech, right? speaking your thoughts, exactly. speaking your mind. Yeah. And when, when you think about it that way, it's like, you know, who else can, like, has really modeled that in a similar fashion? Like, there are people who speak out politically, but a lot of times those those who speak out politically very strongly aren't in yeah. a position like Elon Musk where he has little to gain. Like look at all the yeah. billionaires out there. How many people are really risking their lives, you know, turning people against them, 
because they're <laughs> so strongly speaking publicly yeah. out on political issues. Yeah. No one wants to do that at that level, right? Yeah. And the other thing is his his wealth, his resources are all concentrated in certain companies that, that don't benefit from him having half this country or whatever, you know, have a yeah. negative uh, view toward him. So if he really has like very little to gain by being so politically outspoken. Contrast that to other political figures who are outspoken. They're usually politicians or people who political shows or, you know, they have, they have motivation to build their yeah. audience, you know, Incentives. and yeah. yeah. And, it, and they're playing a game where they're trying to piss off the other half, right. Yeah. So that their half Perfect. gets aligned with them. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's totally, it makes sense, but for Elon, it doesn't make sense. I think that's why his model right now of speaking out does make a bigger impact. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really, um, noticeable and uh, remarkable in some ways. Like I don't necessarily hundred percent agree with all the stuff he says in the, the way he says it. I think he's making some mistakes along the way, but I have to think what will this model, this outspoken kind of fearless, um, you know, example, what kind of, will this actually, you know, bear a lot of fruit? Will it, you know, yeah. be part of the change that he's trying to make? Um, yeah. Do you think he's taken, I agree a hundred percent with everything you said there. He is, it seems like he's made, you know, with the Twitter files in particular and a lot of his comments, it seems like he's stepped up the pace of forcing the issue of free speech or forcing these sensitive issues, you know, talking what he believes on the, about the pronouns, about losing. I feel like he's sort of stepped up the pace recently and that's unsettling a lot of people. But do you think you know, he's commented on chat GPT and he sees this. And I think he probably just like you and a lot of people see how innovative this is going to be. He must realize if it is going to be innovative, like he must be seen further than we do about how innovative it's going to be. But it's clearly a language model built on, you know, leftist borderline woke viewpoints, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people have done political tests on it and it's like very left leaning. And do you think he sees a risk if he doesn't intervene soon enough, because he said that's the number one like issue right now in a tweet earlier today, like the woke mind virus. He, he said that like that's number one or whatever. And to me, that caught me off guard. Like, is he why would that be number one? I'm thinking like and I'm thinking, well, maybe he sees ChatGPT accelerating the woke mind virus when it becomes much more adopted into society because it's totally based on that type of criteria of text in the media you know, that it's scraping from, you know, it's like, do you think that there's anything there that he kind of like sees a huge risk now with these large, large language model AIs, like becoming a huge part of society and kind of being woke themselves in a way? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting, definitely it's interesting issue. I mean, yeah. So Elon, he says like, what, what his quote was something, his tweet was the woke mind virus is what the most dangerous thing. Um, number one issue or something. I yeah. forget what it was. Someone asked him like, do you think that's number one? He's like, it's the number one issue right now or so. It, yeah. Like, um, number one risk or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I would actually like Elon to, um, to get interviewed and actually talk about that at length. If he's seen that yeah. as like the number one risk or whatever that he's, you know, trying Why? to address right now, then I think it would be helpful if he explains it at in length so that people yeah. can understand it and say, okay, this is the framework that Elon is working off of. He's not just 
this emotional, political reacting, re- reactive, yeah. just, you know, juvenile who's just trying to, you know, cause. Yeah. I mean, he's done so stuff. much. Why do people assume that he's like that, right? I don't understand <laughs> exactly. why people assume he's like some juvenile just reacting. Like, he's done yeah. so much for the world. Like, he, you know, every time people have said he's like that, no, it turns out he's right. You know, we are headed for a recession. <laughs> we are heading, you know, he's been right on so many things. Like, he sees the future better than anyone. He's. The opposite of like having the emotional outburst responses in a way, you know, in yeah, some ways. Yeah. Um, the quote by or the tweet Elon said actually 13 hours ago, the woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters. Um, all right. So here's my take on this. Um, I'm not going to per se endorse it or oppose it completely. I just want to explain it first. So the idea, I think what he's getting at is um, you have this kind of this ultra liberal um, kind of viewpoint that has spread where it preaches tolerance and, but yet there's an intolerance toward that in, in inherently mm. in that. And so it's, um, I think in Elon's view, he's saying this, it's, it's inherently hypocritical. This like, oh, we're so tolerant, but anyone who is, doesn't agree with us will, will just smash yeah. you or just, you know, <laughs> yeah. will yeah. we'll, um, have no, no, no mercy against you, right? That's the, yeah. the hypocrisy of this woke mind virus. Yeah. And who decides, right, like um, who to go after, right? It's, yeah. it's this kind of mob mentality of, oh, we're, we're so tolerant to, to certain people, but then anyone who disagrees, we're intolerant to them, we'll go after them. But the, the bigger backdrop is that tech has been heavily, heavily influenced by um, people who have adopted this type of mentality as the default, right? It really is kind of like the baseline paradigm. Um, but then you have it, uh, a relationship now with the government, meaning it's not just big tech like Twitter and Facebook and Google, et cetera, controlling the main sources of information that people have in the world today, not just the US, but across the world. This is a global yeah, thing. Yeah. And it's not just tech who ha- who's controlling that, but now you have government, which is kind of working with tech in a way to, in a way, I guess, I would say just ostracized, but in a, in a sense to go after those who don't agree with the woke mind kind of mentality, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of pushing this intolerance against those who don't agree, right, with this baseline ideology. The result is you have kind of a controlling environment. You have a controlling kind of apparatus going on where you have um, media is generally left. You have big tech controlling social media who has gone not just left, but let's say more in the woke mind. And you have government who is also kind of collaborating with all, with this. So you have this apparatus that is um, kind of heavily influenced in society. And the big example is kind of the past years with COVID. Um, but the whole thing is in the future, what's going to happen if we don't do anything? And I think you bring up kind of chat GPT and AI. I think this is really interesting because technology over history has basically only empowered governments. Like think about a hundred years ago, like, you know, mm-hmm. the governments, they had nowhere near the power that they have today. Like, yeah, you know, I was looking into like passports and stuff, you know, like 150 years ago, there weren't like, Passports weren't common. You, you didn't have like all this government control of where you could go and travel, et cetera. Like, but now it's like binding. If you don't have a passport, you know, if you don't you have a visa, go. it's like, you're like, else. 
Yeah, it's like I'm I'm trying to help actually dozens of people right now who are stateless refugees. Their situation yeah. is completely like crazy because the government controls so much, right? Yeah. And if you don't have their stamp of approval, then you're basically you have no rights at all. But that's yeah. the thing with AI. If technology has has boosted government power by 10 to 100 times this past century. What AI yeah. is going to do in the next decade is going to do probably the similar amount of boosting government power than in the past century, right? In the next, next let's say 10 to 15 years or so. Um, mm -hmm. So what's going to happen is you have this increasing, um, you have a scenario of increasing government power that's that the government can access through AI and data. You have big tech getting just increasingly big and powerful, right? Together with media and there's nothing to stop that. No one is is yeah. is is standing it's in like the middle, right? You have the monopoly of big tech and the monopoly of the government kind of teaming up and yeah. yeah. And then you have Elon, <laughs> who's like yeah. crazy enough to be the guy who says, Wait, "Well, right, we gotta stop this." <laughs> I'll, I'll stand in the middle of the street and uh, as a semi truck is coming my way, and I'll try to stop it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like yeah. the only guy who's who's like crazy enough to to, yeah. to try to do what uh, what what he can do, which is, um, yeah, yeah, crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And, and what's crazy also is, is all the people complaining about Elon, all the people that seem to hate him and the haters that hate him. You know, I went on social media and I tweeted about what tried, what I, what I saw really happen last night. And so many people were like, no way he was booed off. Like, I was there. Like I, and people tweet videos and be like, look, he booed. and I was like, no, did you listen to the video? If you listen to it, there was cheers that you couldn't even really hear any booze until Dave Chappelle egged him on, you know, at the end. And people are like tweeting videos, not even listening to it. And like, but, but, but what really gets me is these people, like, can they put a list of pros and cons together before they decide whether they like someone or hate someone? Like there are so many pros to Elon, even if what they believe about like Elon, you know, trying to mess with like free speech on Twitter to some degree. Like, what about all the good things he's doing? Like carbon emissions, like accelerating sustainable transportation, you know, revolutionizing the space industry, you know, like stopping child sex trafficking, you know, in and within Twitter to a large degree that's never been done before. You know, like what are all these good things he's doing? It's like, that's not even part of the conversation. People don't even look at that. They don't even consider any of that. It's like mind boggling to me. Like whenever I look at, you know, the totality, I try to look at the totality of a situation, weigh the pros and cons before I make a judgment, you know, but I don't see that in, in, in a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, it's understandable in the sense that a lot of people get their, not just their information, but their, the views toward like what's going on through certain channels of opinionated talk shows and media hosts who yeah. heavily influence how people, I, I guess, digest or evaluate what's going on, right? And so you have a lot of people who, they don't really have an opinion on Elon Musk until, right, they hear someone, um, a commentator, political sh talk show host, whoever, go off on Elon, right? Just accusing yeah. him of a million things, of trying to be, of being evil, taking over the world, just, you know, having yeah. this subsurf service plant, um, this crazy plan to, to you know, I don't know, destroy the whole whatever, you know, um, yeah. apparatus. Yeah. It's just, yeah. and when you get exposed to that, you're like, oh, Elon bad, you know? And I yeah. think that's what's going on. Um, a lot of it is, it's not the facts that are determining people's opinions. It's, it's the extra layer of opinion 
right? That people are yeah. swayed by. Um, and yeah. I think the more Elon takes stances on controversial issues, I don't know how that's going to stop. I mean, it just seems like that's more fuel, you know, um, for that. Yeah, it's going to keep happening. And uh, it's it's tough. I mean, I think, um, I think, you know, for Tesla investors, you know, the short term could be very volatile with this. But if he puts someone else in, you know, if he if he separates his name from the company, as much as we've don't want him to separate from the company. It's almost at some point, it becomes a good thing for the stock itself. You know, he'd still be working behind the scenes doing all the decisions. But if he sep- you know, gave up the CEO role officially to someone else who became like more of the face of the company, even though Elon's the decision maker doing stuff, I think you wouldn't have as much talk about like, don't drive a Tesla, you know, like, you know, you know, that's the new thing, you know, like you wouldn't have that kind of creep up in in society as much as you probably hear a little bit of that now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, you know, hope and, uh, yeah, that, that things do kind of chill out, calm down a bit. Um, and that, um, yeah, I, I still think Elon, um, has an important role to play now and in the future as the public face and CEO of Tesla. I still think if, mm-hmm. if he, you know, takes a back seat or kind of a, a less, a reduced role. I just think that, um, I don't know, companies just have this, the larger the company gets, there's more bureaucracy, it gets it's more true. traditional, more slower. It just becomes like a conventional company, right? But I think if, he'd still be the guy pulling the strings and making sure that doesn't happen, but like the, he can make it so the perception is that he's not the public face. I feel like, you yeah. know, like, I, I, because I, I think, think in the six yeah. to nine months, he's going to be really involved with Twitter. <laughs> You know, like he is yeah. now, and it's going to be a rough time for Tesla investors. You know, yeah, this is just I mean, the beginning, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So, all right, um, let's talk about That's that. That's my in a fear. Second. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about that in a second. But I mean, I think Elon needs the power to be able to fire anyone he needs to fire at any time at Tesla in order to preserve kind of that this high intensity, um, kind of super high high paced. Uh, work, work uh, culture at Tesla. Once he steps down, he's just like product or something. CEO is running the because sh- he's not gonna, I think, give someone the the role of a CEO without giving them the power of a CEO. You know, mm-hmm. sure he'll do you know some other stuff to help, but he's yeah, Elon. Like I think he said it with Twitter. He's like the buck stops with the CEO. Like at at Twitter, he's gonna be responsible for you know everything ultimately, and that's how he views the role of a CEO. So if he chooses someone else it's going to be someone else who has a lot of authority over the company i think um so yeah i don't know i just i just hope that things can can work out where we see elon at the head of tesla for many years to come and you know we see a lot of these big things with fsd and yeah. optimus etc you know play out but this risk that you're saying is hey if this continues for the next six to nine months and let's say yeah, the noise going into just, the 2024 elect like the year going into the 2024 election cycle, true. you know, that's when things get really polarizing potentially too. Yeah, and if the noise just becomes like a high pitch shrill, <laughs> um, yeah, what what's I don't know what will happen. That's why but, I think um, he might be planting the seed to maybe if he's seen far ahead and he knows that he's going to have to do that, it's going to it's going to. He doesn't want to damage the reputation. He's, SpaceX is taking care of Gwen Shotwell. So maybe Tom Zhu is sort of like he's preparing for that role maybe, uh, but he's still going to, 
obviously be in charge of product architecture of the stuff, but for a while, while he's getting this free speech stuff and Twitter under control, and he's going to be, you know, totally destroyed in the public sphere. If he can get other faces in place, it won't hurt Tesla as much. Maybe he's, maybe that's what I'm thinking. He's thinking, I, I don't know, but um, it's, it seems like there's a very high chance that he's going to yeah. get more polarizing than he already is in, yeah. in, in the public space. I mean, I think one interesting question I think about is, you know, what does disrupting politics, um, culture, right? Society really mean? And does Elon, because with Elon's previous companies, it's been pretty straightforward in terms of the path to get from A to B, right? So, you know, you have the Tesla master plan, right? Three stages. Mm -hmm. You have SpaceX's plan, et cetera. Everything has a plan and it's driven by technology and innovation. And it's very engineering focused. It's very, you know, physics, everything is possible. It's just, you know, leveraging technology and human ingenuity to push things through, right? But with politics, it's such a, like a, a nebulous field. There's so many unknowns and so many factors that it's not like an engineering project in a way. And, yeah. and it's almost like religion in a sense, like, and other, other things that are so just uh, difficult for people really to agree agree on. So the question yeah. is like, you know, what is right Elon's kind of master plan for Twitter in a sense, right? Is it just X.com and payments and adding all this stuff and free free speech, or is it there's something that that he can actually like execute on, like step by step, milestone by milestone to let's say like what what does it mean to secure free speech? Like, and how does technology in Twitter, like, can they use AI and et cetera to protect that and to actually foster liberties and democracy and other stuff? Like, does he have a plan to, to use technologies? Can that, can it be done, you know, or is politics and culture just this crazy, you know, wild beast yeah. that will ultimately eat Elon? <laughs> I mean, that's the question. Yeah, right? keep him alive. I mean, he's uh, making progress. Yeah. He's making a lot of progress on the bots and the spammers already. Uh, I've noticed mm -hmm. it a little bit. Um, yeah. So he's making progress, leveraging technology to stop a lot of the tools of, of, of that um, to encourage, you know, more of a pure signal to noise service on Twitter with free speech. So I, I think he's in the right direction, but the further he goes unveiling the truth of thing, you know, people see him, as, he did ban Kanye and he said, he'll never put Alex Jones on again. So he's, you know, I, maybe if he has a few more examples of like pissing off the, you know, the more extreme right conservatives, maybe that'll even things out a little for him, you know, and he won't be quite as polarized, but for as long as he's continuing to, mess with the, uh, what people believe is the left and, and, you know, people view them as like screwing, you know, their political party over it, it, it's going to hurt, I think. Yeah. Uh, do you think he went too far to say persecute or prosecute Fauci? <laughs> I don't know what he knows. I mean, he know he has some extra information there, so we'll find out. It sounds like they're going to release all the information in stages, but eventually just all the files, you know, so maybe there's something there that makes you think like, wow, that Fauci, you know, team or Fauci or whatever was really mm -hmm. uh, not honest with the public about what he was saying and what he's doing behind closed doors with Twitter and stuff. 
we'll find out. Yeah, it's hard to make a judgment until you have more information, I would say. What about you? Do you think yeah. you went too yeah. far? Yeah, no, I actually agree. Like, we need to find it. We need to see the info and make our own decisions with the yeah. info because, um, yeah, a lot has been held back. And I think that's part of the whole Twitter files, you know, saga is, is yeah, we don't have all the info. And uh, some of that info is coming out. But there's a lot of info also that will pro probably never be shared. For example, the stuff going on at Google with Google search and YouTube and Facebook and all this stuff, like you'd think Twitter was just isolated and it's, you know? No, like, no. It's just one of many actions. companies doing all the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think the culture is so different at Twitter versus all these other big tech companies? The one, and stuff? The one, thing, like, the, the one thing I gathered from reading the Twitter files so far is that like they are, they were a big organization. They were not efficient themselves. They had like their own bureaucratic teams trying to communicate, even though they're all kind of on the same side, they couldn't get their act together to coordinate banning Trump very easily. It took a long mm. time. And then when they finally did, it was like kind of a disaster, but they clearly all wanted to do that. But there's just lots of things they just weren't very efficient at doing because they were such a bureaucratic organization. So I'm imagining the other social media companies are similar and like bureaucratic internal committees having to do things, you know, it's, it's kind of messy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting times uh, we live in. Yeah. Um, definitely. <laughs> Um, unexpected like we would have who would have thought a year ago that elon would own twitter and yeah. be at the center yeah. of political right uh, debate um, and that tesla would have a lower pe than chipotle i saw rob mauer tweet yeah. that out today like yeah. well, that's crazy the forward p of tesla's like 30 it's like ridiculous i'm like oh my gosh it's like who yeah. would have thought it would be like that wild unless the whole market was down like the stock price at least unless the whole nasdaq was down 50 percent, i think it's down like 30 percent. but it's not you know it's it's a little brutal it's it's sooner or later valuation you know fundamentals will matter again for tesla it's like the opposite end of the spectrum it used to be like over people thought it was overvalued i feel like it's getting to the point where it's like so undervalued it's a definite steal you know it's like but not this investment advice, but it's just like yeah. I could see a future where Tesla gets cheaper and cheaper just because it's like politically unfavorable to own by institutions mm -hmm. that like the PE gets like ridiculous to like five or 10. And people are like, this is crazy. How is that rational for Tesla to trade it, you know, growing 40 percent a year and it's got a PE of 10? You know, like what if that happened? That could happen. You know, it's like you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Um, I think that that's a definitely a question mark is how will institutions view Tesla in light of Elon Musk's activity on Twitter and how, and it's not just does Twitter or does Elon Musk's activity on Twitter impact Tesla's business, but it's more, does it impact the, the sentiment of institutional yeah. investors, like how they yeah. view, right? Tesla, do they, cause like some, you know, there's a whole range of political views and people hold them very strongly and you know, you piss off 20% or whatever, and it could, you know, some- Most like, institutions are moderate, but they're gonna stay away from something that's very like shaky. Just like the advertisers that left Twitter yeah. because Elon took over and he was polarizing. Now they're kind of slowly maybe dipping their toes in or whatever, but maybe institutional investors are gonna be the same way with Tesla stock for a while. But that's why if, I think if Elon disassociated himself in the public perception from, yeah. distanced himself in the public perception from Tesla, even though he's still pulling the strings of a lot of decisions, it could help the Tesla stock price. But in the long run, the Tesla stock price will be what it is. It'll eventually buy back its own shares and all that stuff. But in the next year or two, it could be a pretty tough ride. Yeah. 
interesting stuff. Um, all right, Emmett, thanks for chatting and uh, sharing yeah. your account of the Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock show. Um, good sure. stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Citizen uh, journalism. At, yeah, <laughs> I just happened to be there. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two times in 10 days, I saw Elon at the Tesla semi event <laughs> and then at the uh, Chris Rock thing. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay, take care. Uh, we'll All, talk right. Later. All right. All right. Yeah, bye.